0: Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today.
1: Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The
0: Building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. Large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims. And killed
1: even more. And plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had
0: sex with some of his
1: victims before he killed them, and that he was also a necrophiliac. Hey hey, hey hey hey!
2: Welcome back to another of Rush to crime podcast with your host, Natty Net.
0: Todd Fox. Hey. But they will be. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's right. But before we get into our show, of course, we gotta let you guys know we can find us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in Grinding True Prime, uh, and there you can follow our page, like our page, leave a comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. One of the three will. Uh, if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream. You can always listen to us on Podbean, sorry, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podbine. And and, um, if you're outside of the U.S., you can continue to listen to us on Radio Public Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. And if you'd like to support what we do, we have a Patreon account exclusively on Podbean. So if you would like to uh, show support for our show, you can always leave a donation on our Patreon account on Podbean. Listener's discretion is always advised because some of the details we get into can be uh, graphic and not suitable for a certain audience. So, listener's discretion is advised. And uh, we will announce uh, when we'll be going live for the month of July. Once again, June, we uh, will cancel the month of June due to uh, circumstances uh, in our life. But July, we are looking forward to starting a live Uh, once again and uh, we're looking forward to uh, lives per month so stay tuned for that we will announce that pretty soon so just uh, we thank you for your patience okay with all that being said Gabby Gab has the floor and she's got an interesting story for us today so
0: Gab you got it
1: oh yes I have a very infuriating story
0: it seems like all of them have been lately right (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. It's sad. This one is more infuriating because, well, you'll find out why.
0: Uh-oh.
1: uh Oh. We're gonna talk about a female this time. Ooh. Her name, I don't know if you guys have heard it before. Her name is Manling Sang Williams.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, I'm with Matt on that. I'm with Matt on that one. It's <laughs> it. I've not heard of that one before.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, Manling was. A girl born in 1979. Her nickname was Ling. Her, and her, family, her and her family were from Taiwan. Ah. Uh,
0: okay. Oh stop, dear stop, lord! Stop. Don't start. Well, I just, I just oh, said. Uh. Stop it. Please. You guys read into things too much.
1: Right, we do. <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) she was known, like, as she grew up, she was known to have some type of disabilities, and academically, she struggled a lot in school.
2: Mm. She
1: actually was an unwanted child in her family. Oh, wow. She was considered an accident, and her mother almost aborted her, so she... Oh, wow. They had made the decision to not have her. I don't know what happened that they decided to have her after all.
0: You know, this is like the, I'd say the fourth one that either the parents wanted to terminate the pregnancy or they wanted to kill the kid when it was born. Mm. So so depending on where you go with this story, Gabby, maybe the parents (laughs) might have been right. I don't know. It's too early to tell in the story. I I
1: guess we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) So they never wanted her and they clearly showed it with, you know, the way that they treated her. She suffered a lot of verbal and physical abuse. And when she was little, she struggled to make friends. This is how sad it was. To the point where that she decided she would steal money from her mom's purse so that she could buy her friends. Wait, what? Yes. She Mm. stole money from her mom so she could buy her friends. Because, I mean, on her own, just no matter how much she tried, she could not make friends on her own.
2: I mean, I guess you got to do what you got to do.
1: Well... I'm guessing, in my opinion, she was very socially awkward, and that's probably why. And I'm also thinking, well, all, all the abuse she went through at home, you know, like, you wouldn't expect the child to be all happy, right? You were thinking maybe a more depressive kid at school is not really going to make friends easily.
0: Agreed. Probably, too, so, the abuse killed any kind of personality she could have developed.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's clearly no confidence there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, the results of that turned out to be very embarrassing, though, because when her mom found out that she had stolen the money, she actually went to the school. And it turned out to be a very embarrassing public scolding that she gave her. It was so bad that CPS was involved. Her mom chastised her in front of everybody, all her peers, and she repeatedly slapped her across the face. Now, what do you guys think happened when CPS gets involved?
2: Well, based on our uh, uh, track record of um, Johnson's in our story, I'm going to say that they just walked up and talked to the mother and said,
0: all right, everything looks okay. (laughs) I'm thinking they were like, that's not how you slap a kid. Slap him like this. And they hit (laughs) him harder. (laughs) Sound about right.
1: (laughs) Well, You guys are right. We usually hear that they failed to do anything. In this case, there was no investigation done on her parents, and nothing came out of getting them involved because the case was
2: closed. Mm
1: -hmm. So the parents got away with the way that they were treating her. Nobody ever stepped in to help her.
0: Now, see, we... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh I was just going to say, we, we have, like, cases where they go to the house, and maybe there's accusations, or they see bruises, and they look away and but I mean when it's public and you probably if it's in the school like you said they probably had a gang of witnesses and they still got away with that I mean that's
1: yeah uh, how ridiculous is that man well she continued to grow up with her parents they never CPS never did anything about it so she did not end up in anybody else's home she grew up with her family even up to adult life her early adult life Mm. hmm But according to testimony later about her, people would say that her parents, like the sort of things that they would do, they would call her stupid repeatedly because she struggled in school.
2: Well, that's jacked up.
1: The physical abuse didn't stop. As she grew up, she was always abused no matter what her age was. That's jacked up. At one point, to give you guys an example, they had a foreign exchange student staying with the family. Apparently, her father suspected that she stole money from a friend.
2: The foreign exchange student or the no, daughter? No,
1: that Manling.
2: Manling, oh, okay. Yeah,
1: she's still many, her dad. Mm-hmm. So the foreign exchange student is sitting there and in front of that child, or I don't know if it was a teenager at this point, um, the dad started slapping her across the face about four or five times he slapped her across the face mm. because he suspected it. Not mm. because it was
2: confirmed. No proof.
1: No proof. Just a thought. he thought she did, he slapped her
0: that sucks
1: yes
2: children are not protected at all to be honest with you
1: no you know you kind of expect that nobody ever steps in for the most part in our stories and a lot of times that's why things turn out the way they do right?
2: correct that's true so fast forward now
1: She's in 1999 she's 20 years old she's now working at Subway and And I think she
2: huh?
0: We both said eat fresh. We both said eat fresh.
2: (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Why are we thinking like man?
0: I don't know, man. we We're a couple fat asses, apparently.
2: Pretty much. (laughs) Oh, dear. So
1: I guess somebody she worked with was a friend that she had in common with who was soon to be her future husband, Neil Williams. Oh, okay. Jan Williams, who was his mom, later said that to him, you know, she was the most beautiful girl he had ever seen. Mm. He actually, Neil had a very different life. He was very close to his mom and his sister.
0: Okay.
1: He was very approachable, friendly, and a very liked person. So I guess he was more of the happy kind.
2: Happy or lucky.
1: Um, He was also a geek. He was known as a geek because he liked Star Wars. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) You like to quote Monty Python. Don't ask me what that is. I know I no what
2: Monty idea. Python <laughs> is. I trust me. I, don't ask me how I know. It ain't because of the interest. I just I know what it is.
0: Yeah, it's look it up my, on YouTube. That's before my time too. But it's more. Well, isn't that more of like a British comedy or? Yeah, dude.
2: I seen a. Uh, I seen a clip, and I ain't gonna lie. It was stupidly funny. But uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> the only the only <laughs> look British it up on
0: YouTube. The only British comedy I like that's like that old school is Benny Hill, but uh, that's for another reason.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. who you guys are talking about. Just look it up
0: Monty Python. Just look it up.
2: Anyway, it's so stupid. It's funny, though. It's funnily stupid, if that makes sense. Nope. <laughs> nope. do here it makes sense.
1: Okay, well, that's what he liked. He was a very bright person. He had a, and like I mentioned to you guys, he was very close to his mom, Jan, and his older sister,
2: Mala. That's, that's a he
1: lot. collected samurai swords. He actually loved samurai swords, and his mom, for like many of his birthdays, that was her gift to him. Mm. So he had a collection of samurai swords.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: So not long after Melina and Neil started dating, she got pregnant. They had a little boy. Well, oh, dang. Who was born on July 26th in 2000? His name was Devon. Oh dang. According to his mom Jan, um, the grandma. He was very sociable, he was silly, a very tolerant boy, and he actually would talk at a very early age that he wanted to study monkeys when he grew up <laughs> and go to the Whittier University, where it's, where his grandmother actually worked. His character was very compassionate, one of those kids, you know, that don't like to see you hurt, you know, like when you're crying or something, they want to fix it, they want to make you feel better. Uh-huh. So he was that type of child that he would do whatever he could to make somebody happy.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Sometime in 2001, Man Ling and baby Devin were in the car with Jan, Neil's mom. And so she asked him if she could marry her son. Mm-hmm. The mom said lightly, Only if you promise not to hurt him. And they laughed at all. So for a while, Man Ling lived with friends. Don't forget that, okay? I hope you guys pay attention. I'm paying. For a while, Man Ling lived with her friends, and then she actually lived with her mother in law. Because, as you can imagine, when her parents found out that she was pregnant out of wedlock, that relationship was already bad enough, it worsened, of course.
0: Traditional, more likely. Booted her out.
1: Yep. So she ended up living with her mother-in-law in the meantime. Eventually, they became engaged, and then they got married at the courthouse. And later on, they had the big wedding at a Taiwanese church. And they moved into a condo in Rolling Heights. So they live in L.A.
0: I know where that's at. That's the nice parts of L.A., right? Kind of.
1: Uh, kind
2: of. Depends on the section you're in. Yeah.
1: I guess everything has good and bad. So that's where they lived their family life. They were in a cozy, safe neighborhood. They had friendly neighbors. Everything at the start of the marriage just seemed perfect, right? They were getting everything they wanted. Mm-hmm. In the fall of 2003, they had their second son, who they named Ian. And he was a complete opposite of Devin. He was more lively, active. He was more of the risk taker, like he would make ladders out of chairs. He climbed them. He would destroy whatever his brother built. But in spite of that, you know, both the boys were very attached. They were very close.
2: Okay.
1: So a few years passed by, the family still seems to be good and happy by appearance. At the time, Manling was a waitress at Marie Callender's, and near, Neil worked at Disneyland, actually. So she was doing so good at Marie Callender's because she has a very flirtatious attitude.
2: Mm. She would
1: be super friendly, you oh. know, with the customers to make sure that she would get higher tips. Okay. So she had become very known, and people liked her there where she worked. So they actually ended up, they were living off of her tips. Oh, dang. Just the loan her tips, that's what was paying the bills.
2: She must have been given some friendly service.
1: And then with her wages, they would save it. And eventually she paid for Neil to get what he needed to get together. You know, his licenses and all that to sell. I guess it was life insurance.
2: From oh, okay. His home
1: on his computer. So then they finally said, OK, he needs to quit his job at Disney. Because at the time he was working at Disneyland.
0: The happiest place, on huh? Mm-hmm. That doesn't play, pay much, much. That part. Yeah, they don't pay at all, hardly.
2: They don't pay at all. You know? They don't treat their employees well either. Anyways.
1: Okay, that's a whole other story.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he finally quit his job at Disney. That way he can focus completely on the insurance job and that he could be home to watch the boys because Manling, of course, was working the full-time job. Mm. So he was earning decent money. He didn't turn out to be as good as he thought he would be in sales. So he was not making enough money, you know, to accomplish the American lives that they wanted, the American dream life.
2: I did life insurance with uh, Trans America, and that's all commission.
1: Yes. Well, his friends described him as he was not very um, pushy. You mm. need that personality in order to be able to be a good salesperson. Very true. And he didn't have that. He was a very, like, tranquil man. Mm. So. That was a difficult part for him. So that's why it didn't work out. So he, he wasn't doing good with it.
2: He was like, Would you guys like some life insurance? No. Okay.
0: <laughs> Probably <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> though he wasn't pushy at all and it wasn't working out. She so she had to continue to work full time to pay the bills. And then his mom would come to the house to help him with the boys while he tried working. Mm. Eventually things were already, you know, getting kind of down. Financially, because the whole responsibility is on the wife, on her, on Manly. But she seemed to always want to be at work anyway. You know, it's not like she wanted to be at home taking care of the kids. So the mom would come help. And when she realized, you know, things were getting tough. Various times she said she lent them money. Which in her words later was, well, you know, in the end she ended up giving them the money. Hmm. But... Eventually, she couldn't keep doing that, you know? They were already running her out of money, too. So she couldn't help them anymore with that. In the next months, Manling became more frustrated with the situation at home. So they were already having a lot of problems in their marriage mm. because of everything. So she told Neil that she was going to get training for management. So she was growing at the restaurant, apparently. And she was going to be constantly sent out of town for the training program.
2: Oh, okay. She But what do you sure. guys
1: think was actually happening? You guys think she was growing and she was gonna become a manager?
2: Well how tall was she? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um let me <laughs> uh I mean if she's making in all this money for the company, you know, because all the customers wanna to go to her for her good service, I'm going to say I believe well Paul. So what are you saying? I'm just saying, uh I'm I'm going to say, yeah, she was growing. She may have been, you know, promoting to a manager. So I believe she was going to some training um outside of the state or outside of the county
0: to what, get some training.
2: Why are you talking like
0: that? Because <laughs> he's not too sure of himself.
2: I'm not too sure of myself. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I think she was growing, promoting herself to be a manager. That happens.
0: <clears throat> I'd say the opposite. She's gotta be covering for something. What do you think? What you say? I I think maybe she's I'm waiting for her to turn a leaf and go the other way, so I'm gonna say it's right here. Mm. Okay,
1: <laughs> but what it, what exactly you think is happening?
0: I don't know, that's what I'm, I'm I think she's doing something <laughs> shady. Something okay. shady. I think she's going to the training.
1: All right. Well, she told him she was getting the training. The truth is that she had re- reconnected with an old friend.
0: Mm. Named
1: John Gregory through mm. MySpace.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> Good old MySpace. Good old Tom. Yep.
1: So she was actually having an affair.
0: Oh, I told you it was shady. Dang it, Todd. <laughs> well, you didn't say that specific.
1: Todd wasn't specific, so he gets half of it. <laughs> ah, damn it! It was it shady. Yes, she was being shady. All right. Well,
2: he was. Yeah, uh, he's right. Well, I mean, she was still growing, I guess. So this guy turned out grow. to be
1: the guy that she had a crush on all through school and high school. Uh-oh. So she was always infatuated with this guy. Mm. But almost immediately after they started having the affair, he started pressuring her to divorce Neil. Really? He actually ended the affair because she was still married to Neil. And she he told her that they could get back together once she finally ended the marriage.
0: He's like, hey, girl, we're cheating, and that's wrong, but I have morals. You need to leave him. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, of course,
1: she was disappointed, and at that point, she was so involved with him and working that she was finally, like, at a point, at a brink of being tired of just being a wife and a mother, and she just, she even felt she was distant from her kids.
2: Ooh, uh, this don't sound too good.
1: Yeah,
0: think. Uh-uh. So, she was uh she was uh, putting the wanker in place of her kids basically. Yeah. Well, yeah,
1: pretty much of her whole family. Like she was working a lot, you know, still making the money, but like the time aside of that was spent with the lover. I mean, she Mar-
0: was growing. The Marie Callender's pies, man, I'm telling you. They're they're pretty good. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you guys are out of state, you know, they don't have too many of them left, but uh they're mostly California. My ex used to work there. That's why I was like, which one did she work at? He said Rolling Heights. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh,
2: gosh. Uh,
0: uh, she, she's been working. Well, my ex, well, the baby mama uh, was. It's uh, weird hearing you say that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? It's uh, weird hearing a white person say baby mama. <laughs> <laughs> the, the baby mama. <laughs> no, she started working there uh, around that time, around 2001. That's why I was like, hmm.
1: Wow, she's been there long then.
0: She's been there a long time. (laughs) You know what, (laughs) Todd?
1: So you guys have a tired wife and mother. Her life at home is no longer what she wants. Okay? It's not what she signed up for. Uh, What do you guys think is going through her mind?
2: I don't like what I think is going through her mind because it sounds like she's just going to say F it and just somehow, some way get rid of her burdens that's causing her to stay away from the life she wants.
1: What do you think, Todd?
0: I think she's having one of those midlife crises, even though she's not midlife and she's like, I missed out on a lot. Uh I hate my kids, I hate my life, I wanna branch out, I wanna be young and crazy.
1: Okay. Well, I mean Yes, you're right in part that's what she wants. Who's right? Well, both of you.
2: Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> like, oh, we, got one. we got one to go.
1: <laughs> but before we get there, I'm going to tell you starting June 2007, this is what was very weird to the friends, okay? She's beginning to tell her friends that she keeps having dreams that neil is going to hurt her and the boys
2: oh no! her
1: dreams were supposedly very vivid and in the dreams neil would smother her children and then kill himself uh. Oh. nobody made much of her comments they did think that this was disturbing and unfortunate but they would already hear them yelling and argue in the neighborhood so at that time everybody was pretty much aware that they were having marital problems but They didn't think she was at risk of anything, that Neil was actually going to go through with what her dreams were. Okay? Oh, boy. So, according to neighbors, their arguments were so bad, everybody could hear them screaming. They resulted in profanity toward one another and slamming doors. So that was beginning to be their reputation now. Now they were no longer this happy couple you know that by appearance everything was perfect now everybody could see right through it Mm. so her frustrations with her husband were that he was home with the kids and she would get mad that she'd show up she's working all day and the house would not be clean like he wouldn't do anything in the home
2: that would be frustrating
1: yeah i mean (sighs) their house was so messy it was full of piles of trash and clothing loads of unwashed dishes, and the kitchen counters were full of trash.
2: A couple of lightsabers around somewhere.
1: Yeah, what?
2: Oh, you know, joking, <laughs>
0: <it>. <laughs> so I just got that Star Wars. <laughs> Jeez. What? <laughs> Nothing.
1: Oh my god, now I'm curious.
2: You said he's a nerd, he's a Star Wars fan, so I said he probably has a couple of lightsabers lying around the place. So... Yeah. Too late. <laughs>
1: well it was super trashy in that house okay so this this seems to be her frustration me personally i'm gonna be honest okay tell me what you guys think about this because this is my opinion the person that is home i don't think that the full responsibility of the household chores should be left on that person because it is a lot of work to stay home take care of the kids and everything
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but i do think that that person should take initiative right every chance they get to be able to keep that house organized
2: agree yeah
1: also if you're the person who's not really there you're not much of a helper with the chores then you should you you know at least do your part to keep it to make sure that you're not leaving an extra mess and no extra work to do in the house for that person agree that's your cooperation right Mm mm-hmm but the thing for me is, whether you work outside or inside the house, you know, everybody's supposed to work together to keep a neat house so things don't pile up on you. I've seen pictures of this house, okay? And you guys can look it up later. It's horrible. It's horrible. You would think that homeless people live there.
0: That's terrible.
1: Yeah. So mm, honestly, it didn't look like he just didn't help.
2: He just didn't care.
1: No, no, no. What I'm saying is like in my mind when I see those photos, I don't think that it was just him not helping with mm. the house. It looked like they all of them are messy. All of them are careless. You know, possibly they're hoarding. Including her because to be honest, if I get annoyed that people leave their mess and I it makes me very frustrated and I can't live like that, no matter how much I feel like nobody's helping me, I'm going to get to it regardless. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it because I can't live that way, right? I can't live in a dump. So at some point I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if it bothered her that much, then she would do something about it too. You know, the house wouldn't end in that situation. I agree.
2: Mm I have to agree.
1: So aside of the mess and stuff, which was supposedly one of her biggest frustrations, um, the marriage was bad because, I mean, clearly, as you guys can see, she wanted something else in life. She didn't want to accept that her family or her life was what she was stuck with. I guess she didn't want that responsibility anymore. Mm. Obviously, all the feelings, all the ideas in her head made everything worse. Despite oh, the difficulties in the marriage, he was described as being an excellent father, according to everybody that knew them. He loved taking care of his kids, playing with them, reading to them, taking them to baseball games. Like, his kids were his life. So he wasn't a terrible person.
2: Hmm.
1: On August 6th, here come the dates.
2: You know what we say when we have a date on this show? Somebody dies.
1: On August 6th, Manling went out with her girlfriends at 11 p.m. Which already striked odd. Your friends call you at 11 p.m. and you're going to go hang out. Uh. She didn't return home until August 7th, of course, in the middle of the night, 1230 a.m. She got home and then she saw her husband playing video games, which was another one of her frustrations that he was always playing video games. She told him that she was going to go to bed. So she decided to go to bed and left him there playing video games. She went to kiss her children and to tuck them into their blankets. In her mind, it's probably around 1.30 when he finally came to bed. So she noticed he got to bed and then she went right back to sleep. Around 4 or 4.30, she couldn't sleep anymore. She got up and everybody was still asleep. She checked on the boys. They were still asleep in their beds, covered up in their blankets. So she put on her sandals, got in her car, to go to the top of the ridge to watch the sunrise she was doing this on a regular basis to clear her head according to her but she left the front door of the house unlocked when she returned she parked and went into the house to wake the boys so she says that she was yelling out their names she was trying to wake them up to get them ready for school so she walked upstairs because nobody would respond And as she went upstairs, she noticed there was blood. She actually slipped on the blood and got it all over her hands. Her husband was laying on the floor on top of the stairs, bleeding. So she ran out in a panic, screaming for help to the neighbors. What do you guys think so far?
0: I think she's kind of responsible for this.
2: Yeah, I mean, according to what you said, she left the door wide open and left in the middle of the night. So, could have been a hitman, could have been a setup, could have been... It just seems too coincidental. Yeah. So you
1: guys is responsible?
0: I think she has something yep. to do with it. I think so.
1: Well, police come to investigate the scene. They actually found the boys were also dead. Ah, her dang. children really they took her to the police department for her safety because in everybody's mind she left she wasn't there but left the door unlocked somebody came in possibly to try to rob the place or something and killed her husband and her children God. she was in so much shock that they took her when they were interviewing her that was her account of everything okay that she had come home or whatever. But the reality is that not long after they would find out that things didn't make sense and she would be arrested.
2: Oh. She What's would
1: this? be their prime suspect for what happened.
0: Oh. So, so what did she she do won- to give, Yeah, what did she do to give it away?
1: Uh let me let me get to that. Okay. So on August seventh, two thousand seven She actually smothered her two sons with a pillow in their bunk bed. Mm. And she got one of the samurai swords her husband had and slashed him to death with it.
0: Oh, dude. Jesus.
1: In regard to the children, Ian, the baby was in the bottom bunk with a teddy bear blanket, and Devin was in the top bunk under a SpongeBob blanket. Her husband, Neil, who was at the time 27 years old, the same age as her, Devin was seven, and Ian was three. The autopsy results would show that the boys had died within two hours after eating their last meal.
2: Oh, man.
1: Which was pineapple pizza delivered to the home at 8.20 PM. So you would think by 10.20, she had already killed her children.
2: Wait, didn't she leave at 11?
1: According to her, she left at 11. That means that if the husband was still alive downstairs, She had already killed the kids upstairs.
2: You sneaky son. Oh, wow.
1: Computer records later showed that after she smothered them, she left the boys dead in their beds and checked her boyfriend's MySpace page. Then she went out with friends to dinner to TGIF, so she actually did go out with her friends. She's Mm like, A friend who was at the dinner later testified that she actually was behaving normally and she spoke lovingly of her children. No, this is after she had already no, killed and She them. already
2: killed them.
1: Four days prior to the killings on August 3rd, she had sent her lover a single red rose with the message, Thinking of You. She signed it as being from a secret admirer.
2: Huh.
1: So when she returned home from her little get together with her friends, he was asleep in the bed, so he wasn't playing video games like she said. She got the katana sword that was given to him by his mother. The knife had a 10 inch handle and a 20 inch blade. God.
0: Okay, imagine
1: that thing.
2: That's going through.
1: And it was incredibly sharp. She, he was asleep and she actually started by stabbing him right through the chest. Oh. Neil didn't die in the bed though, because he got up trying to run away. The autopsy report showed that his hands were mangled as he was trying to fend off the attack and he had a giant X slashed on his torso. Oh. <laughs> he lost the tips of two fingers, broke several other fingers attempting to defend himself. He had 22 wounds on his hands alone. Ugh. And he only made it as far as the top of the stairs, which was pretty close to their bedroom. The katana was found near his body how many... How gruesome do you think this woman is? How many times do you think she slashed this man?
2: Well, he already had 20-something wounds on his hand. So I'm going to say probably another 20 wounds, so about 50. He, he probably had 50 stab wounds falling
0: off. I'm going to do the prices right. Give me 49. <laughs>
1: This poor man was slashed 97
2: times. Good God. Yo, that's overkill.
1: Yeah, imagine how she left him.
2: He, yeah. With
1: a freaking katana sword.
2: He was carved He's, up. Yeah, he was carved up. Pieces, man.
1: So 97 times total in the attack. Man, in his homie. final moments, this is so sad, okay? In his final moments, he begged her for help. Hmm. And at that moment when he was begging her to get him help because he already saw her. He already knew it was her. She gave him the final slash to kill him. He suffered a fatal wound when he was initially stabbed through the heart, damaging his right ventricle and his aorta, which takes blood to the brain. That was actually the first strike.
2: Oh, that was the first strike. So,
1: yeah, the first strike is what actually killed him.
2: Mm. But he was trying to fend it off. He was still trying to run away and get help.
1: It wasn't immediate. The autopsy results showed that both of his lungs were punctured and filled with blood. In addition, he suffered a wound through the back that went through and through and departed his body via his neck. Damaging the thyroid gland in the process. Oh. And one of the most damaging wounds... Was it went through his small intestine also. In addition, a chopping type of wound was located on the back of his neck that fractured his skull and caused bleeding in the brain.
2: Yo, she, she was possessed.
1: You can imagine his mom ended up having recurrent and horrible nightmares. Of his his hands were nearly severed.
2: I'm surprised it wasn't
1: and she the mom learned this in the trial that's can sad. you imagine his his hands almost severed
0: yeah i mean i you can imagine that kind of thing because the defense wounds and her coming up and down with the blades that's the only thing that he could possibly catch you know i mean maybe with nothing there to grab to try to stop that i mean again he was he it was probably a mess to look at by investigators or police i mean cuz right away my if, if I'm putting my police hat, hat on and I'm not being a Johnson, I'm realizing right away that's a crime of passion. I mean, no yep. one's going to break into the house and, and stab the dude 90 times. They'll stab him yep. a couple times to kill him. But that's just like Maddie said. That's freaking overkill. Yep. Yeah.
2: That's hatred. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Detective Todd. Ain't no robber going to waste their time. Because a robber, they're going in and going out as quick as possible. 97 times. You're you're staying there for a long time and that's just, rage. that's just rage and that's minutes, you know.
0: I gotta say something too. Like, you know, just, you know, hearing Gabby describe the, the young boys, you know, in their in their beds and everything, I, I think as a detective, if I'm on that crime scene, as bloody as she described Neil being tore up the way he was, I think I would have been taken aback more by the the boys looking like as if they're sleeping yep. but, you, but, but if you've ever seen a, a dead child it doesn't, you know, they don't look like they're just sleeping, I mean you could tell they've passed and oh that's something I don't want to remember I've seen an open casket on a child and I think that Man. that's affect me more than a bloody gruesome scene, I don't know why
2: because
1: it's children
2: it's so. children, so. yeah Anything involving children, is more, you know, touching you know, when it comes to that. It affects us more.
1: Well, the deputy that actually discovered him, he testified. And he said that he nearly fell when he stepped over him because there was so much blood that it has saturated the carpet around him.
2: Oh, dang. oh he probably bled out.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Like, all of it.
1: So immediately following the murder, she, te- she typed a fake suicide note. On Neil's behalf. Yeah. To go with her story that she kept telling her friends that she had these recurring dreams that he was going to smother the kids to death and kill himself.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. So you already
1: know how long she had been planning this for.
2: So let me get this straight. <laughs> I'm going to stab myself 97 times yeah. and say, yeah. come on now. Yeah. Come, come.
0: Stop it. I mean, first, you're going to slice your tips of the fingers yep. off. And Therefore,
2: you can't hold the uh, katana no more. But yeah,
0: go ahead, Todd. Yeah, then you're then you're gonna. I mean, I could maybe see that being anywhere possible. I know it sounds stupid, but you're like, what do you mean, Todd? Well, I think if you know, like in Star Wars, since he was a Star Wars fan, you mm-hmm. know how like, they're able to like use the Force to make the lightsaber do absolutely you know, chop stuff up by itself. I mean, that'd Freak. be the only way for that to happen. He's just like, okay, I'm going to use the force to kill myself. You know, because there's no way. I mean, I could see if he st- he runs it through his his stomach like they did in ancient Japan when they say, hey, you know, kill yourself. I forget what it's called. And, and oh, jump.
2: honorable. Uh, honorable. Um, like, it's like uh, instead of dying by the enemy, they'd rather just take themselves out.
0: Yeah, yeah. You just do a forcible suicide with a katana blade. Yeah. You just run it through your stomach. I could see if there's something like that, but no. I mean, like Gabby said, ninety some odd times. No, there's no. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah.
2: So I yeah. can't believe
0: she wrote the note. Yeah. To go along with, it. she's that
2: stupid. It
1: stated that what he the? had killed his children and then himself. It stated that Neil was having an affair, and hinted at killing the children before committing suicide. So
2: that's why the detectives automatically suspected. Hold on, her. let me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, that just pissed me <laughs> off. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> It said, please forgive
1: me for being a coward and not being there for you. Oh, Lord. That's what she wrote under the guise of Neil's voice. Oh,
2: Lord. I can't.
1: She posted the note on MySpace. And then she disposed of all of her bloody clothing in a dumpster quite a distance from their home. Mm -hmm. They were later recovered and were confirmed to have his blood on them. She returned home and ran outside screaming to the neighbors at 7.30 a.m. that somebody had killed her family. Oh, jeez. Several neighbors ran to assist, and after speaking to her, they went into the house before the police arrived, not understanding what they would find. In court, one of the neighbors described seeing Neil at the the top of the stairs, and he said, I see Neil laying there, stabbed up. I looked into his eyes, and blood was just dripping and dripping. Oh, Same neighbor was the one that found the little boys and described through tears on the stand. I shook the little blanket, but there was no movement, nothing, no movement.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -mm.
1: Her account, as you guys already know, this is how they find out. Very shortly, it became contradictory. Upon calling her neighbors at 730 with her screaming... She had told them that she went out for Red Bull and cigarettes, and when she returned, she found them dead. Uh-huh. Then she told the investigators that she had gone for a drive because she couldn't sleep. Mm. Later, she stated that she'd gone grocery shopping at 4.30 in the morning. Hey, man, sometimes you need a milk run.
0: <laughs> well, you know what's yeah. worse than that? You ever you ever smell someone's breath that's had a cigarette and Red Bull at the same time? <sighs> I'm, I'm sure it's horrid. P.U.
1: <laughs> okay, well, she said she went grocery shopping. Although what what she was wearing was boxer shorts, she smelled like alcohol, and she was barefoot when the neighbors saw her. Oh, so yeah. that clearly suggested that recently she actually hadn't gone anywhere.
2: Well, I can understand the barefoot. What do you mean? A lot of Asian cultures take their shoes off
0: before entering their house. So I yeah, can but, understand. but they barefoot. put it back on when they leave, though. That is true.
1: When Neil's mother heard the news, she got a ride to the sheriff's station right away and she met with Manling's parents there. They hugged and cried and they waited for the news. Mm. They waited for her to come out after the interview with the police, but she was never released because soon the realizations began to set in that it was her who killed her family. For several hours of while being interviewed, um. She actually acted like she was sad, like she had grief and bewilderment, like she was in shock on camera. She said things like, does anyone know my husband is okay? I want my babies, please let them be okay. (sighs) I saw the video. And she's actually rocking herself in there saying, You have to pull through. He has to pull through. You have to. You have to pull through. Is she this. crazy? Like she was talking about her husband. She was trying to show that she was concerned and in shock and, and he she needed him to survive this.
2: Mm, mm-mm. She playing a role. Mm.
1: But investigators found a bloody cigarette in her car. A bloody cigarette box, I'm sorry. Mm. And when they confronted her with that, that's when they, like, already knew it was her. That's when she finally decided to confess. Because there was no way out of that. Clearly, she killed her family, grabbed her cigarettes, got in her car, went for whatever-the-heck sunrise, and came back. There was already his blood on her cigarette box.
2: What do you say to men off of their wing? What would you say to a
0: woman?
1: off with her head. No. Off with everything.
0: Off with. (laughs) I say, I say, pull her ovaries out with pliers.
1: Hey, you know (laughs) what? Yes, absolutely. She did not deserve to have children.
2: So it's off with the wang for do, off with the ovaries.
1: Off with the hoo ha, the ovaries, the uterus, (laughs) everything.
0: (laughs) The beak. All the
1: womanhood out of her.
0: How could you do that to your own
1: blood was also found in a spot on her bra that matched where his blood was found on the bloody shirt that was thrown in the dumpster. Mm -hmm. His blood was also found on her feet. And after a confession, she was arrested on three counts of homicide one day after the murders on August 8th. Detective Donald Walls recalled that she was very arrogant in the interviews but that she was relaxed, as so if she was just having a normal lunchtime conversation, and she would even make jokes about TV and CSI.
2: She had to have lost her mind.
1: Oh, sorry, I skipped my. She
2: had to have. No one. I don't know. Oh
1: my god. What
2: do you think? Come on, no one acts that kind of behavior.
1: No, I mean to be that calm, like how She had to have, have lost her mind. No, babe, she couldn't have lost her mind. No, I'm not saying... For a long time, she already couldn't stand her children and her husband.
2: She
1: hates them. Why would she feel anything?
2: I'm not pleading insanity. I'm just saying, like, something's not right with this person. That's all I'm saying.
1: This is what happens when people replay in their mind all the disappointments of their life and constantly remind themselves how much people are in the way of what they truly want.
2: So she's playing the victim
1: and when that just replacing your brain over and over and over and you don't stop it you're gonna lead to hating these people so when she kills them she can't possibly feel anything hmm. okay. she's gone too far in hating them and then being a drag in her life that she can't feel anything i don't think it's because something went wrong no it's because she hated her life that much hmm the williams neighbors in the block of where they lived it's the 18, 18 oh my god one eighty-two zero zero block <laughs> <laughs> you know. of camino bello in roland heights i don't know anybody that lives there but if you recognize it that's where they lived they were shocked and horrified you know when they were spreading the crime scene tape and everything everybody was afraid you know that the whole family actually was killed or something including for her sadly everybody was worried about her
0: Mm. screw her yeah forget her dude
1: yes so she stated in her confession originally that he had passed out drunk during the night of the killings but toxology reported that he did not have any drugs or alcohol in his system he was sober when he died After her arrest, it did take more than a year for the first preliminary hearing to take place because there kept being delays and postponements. You can imagine, you know, the the family wants justice, you know, and it's just torture to go through time, waiting for something to come out of this or for justice to be served. Oh, I bet. His mom and his sister were very open with the reporters throughout the whole process. And with the verdict in, the next part of the legal process was the penalty face. Jurors would recommend whether she would serve life or death. What do you guys think she got?
2: I'm going to think she got life, but she deserved death.
0: (sighs) I I think she should have got death, but she'll probably get life for 25 years or something stupid.
1: Well, her defense attorney's argued that she should receive a life sentence and not the death penalty, arguing that the murders were not calculated but rather a sudden mistake and that Manling was in a state of extreme emotional and mental disturbance when it occurred. Okay. They noted that it was clear that the family unit was unraveling. However,
2: (laughs) Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, that doesn't mean you take out the whole family.
1: You cannot call it a sudden mistake exactly. when you've already been telling your neighbors and your friends what you're planning
2: but pinning it on him. You dreamt about it. She probably This
1: was calculated.
2: That's what I'm saying. She probably had the dreams about herself and said it was my husband's dream. I've been dreaming Obviously, about my husband.
1: Obviously, she was trying to drift everybody into the idea that he would do that so that when it happened, her yep. friends thought, Oh my God, she was having these dreams. He actually did it. Yep. Calculated.
0: Yeah, she was actually thinking, well, if I speak it into existence, it's going to happen. And yep. if I have a couple dumb neighbors, maybe they'll back me up. I mean, that that's I mean, it is. She's she's thinking it out. It's not the smartest idea, obviously. No. But it's, but it's an idea and it's thought out like you guys said. So, yeah, she should have gotten the book thrown at her.
1: Well, LA County Deputy District Attorney pointed out that she put on latex gloves prior to killing her husband. Land. That indicates that the killing could not be correctly defined as a spur of the moment. Not random The defense either. attempted to paint Manling as a socially awkward loner who was mentally unstable and overburdened by cultural expectations. So They also argued that she had a difficult upbringing and her life was defined by pain, heartbreak, and diminished dreams. They noted that she was deputed a very charitable person prior to the killings and that she was known for loving her husband and children.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: According to several neighborhood witnesses, they contradicted that assertion. Mm -hmm. So it was obvious to a lot of people that she did not love her family. They also argued that she had no history of violence. But additional witnesses contradicted the picture. One of her neighbors indicated that she rarely would say hello. And if she did, that was all they would get from her. She would just stand outside her house smoking and smoking. That's that's how they described her the defense focused almost completely on her upbringing and the abuse that she experienced at the hands of her mother and her father but while on the stand her father Kai Tai Sang, appealed directly to Neil's mother and apologized I feel really sorry please forgive me as a father I didn't do good that is why it happened I am sorry I mean so the dad did feel some responsibility for the type of father he was to her and feeling that, yeah, maybe her upbringing made her crazy.
2: And I commend him for that, but, I mean, really, you know, that's that's nice of him to apologize, but she's the monster, you know. No matter how hard your life was as a child, you don't commit murder, especially to your...
1: You don't take it out on your Exactly.
2: Your children, your loved ones, anybody, really.
1: I mean, I, you know, I'm not gonna say I understand her hatred toward her husband no i understand people getting so exasperated and frustrated with each other of not yeah. wanting to be with each other i get that but for you to kill your children like your life is not what you want and so you're going to be rid of your whole family especially as a mother you want to go off with your lover no her mm. actually her lover did testify in court Yeah, for him he testified that after she contacted him through my space In June of 2007, they went to dinner with two other people from their high school during the time that Manling was discussing that she wasn't happy at home or in her relationship. She went to see him in Santa Barbara for a weekend, and they had the affair. According to his testimony, he ended the affair a few days later. He said that she seemed normal throughout the affair and also upon the breakup. Originally, he actually denied that he had an affair with her. But later on, he finally decided to complain. He said, I felt really uncomfortable and slightly responsible that I contributed to her emotional state. Her friend, Melanie Ramirez, also testified about her emotional state. What happened? Oh, okay, sorry. (laughs) Sorry for that. She also testified that her emotional state, you know, according to a conversation they had, that she felt forced into the marriage because she became pregnant. Mm. Another friend, Jacqueline... Sorry, guys. I keep losing my... I clicked on the wrong thing. Sorry, sorry. Her friend Jacqueline... Her friend Jacqueline Bailey testified that she and Neil would fight almost every day. Not good. And that the fights would escalate into the screaming. She also stated that she lived with... um, She actually lived with them for three months. And that she was beyond shocked because... She always thought that she actually loved her children. Even though there were struggles in the marriage, to her, she still loved her kids. Mm. So what she did was shocking. Mm. So whether or not it was premeditated, you know, that was what they were trying to figure out. During the trial, it was indicated that the suffocation method of using a pillow, how she killed her first child, took five to ten minutes which was ample time for her to consider what she was doing. However, she went on to kill her second child in the exact same way. Gotcha. So this, in addition to wearing latex gloves and mentioning the manner of death to her friends two months prior to the killings, made it difficult for the defense to actually have the solid argument about being a spur-of-the-moment thing.
2: Good.
1: So, of course, that didn't go through. It was definitely a plan Killing. Damn. The mom, you know, she went through the whole trial. His mom, she was taking notes. And one week into the trial, she broke down Um, as the blood spatter pictures were being shown to the jury. So unfortunately, his mom had to see all that. Had to see her grandchildren's favorite stuffed animals in the background of the photo. She was forced to watch a clip of Meling calmly telling the detective that Neil's last words were help me. Mm. So she went to trial in November of 2010. It took approximately six weeks and after deliberating for eight hours, she was convicted on three counts of first degree murder, along with special allegations of using weapons and lying in wait. The jury of six men and six women was unable to agree with a vote of eight to four on whether she should get life or death penalty the decision was given to a second jury. And it wasn't until 2011 that the second jury suggested that she should be put to death.
0: Good.
2: Woo.
1: What do you guys think?
0: Well, if it's California, I don't think she's dead.
2: No, she's probably still alive right now as we speak.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Manling's sister urged the judge to consider life without parole instead of the death penalty. Rather oh, than retrying the penalty face after the first hung jury, she had given testimony during the trial that's, that her sister's behavior had changed in the months leading up to the murders and that it would often she would often call her sister in the middle of the night just to talk, which was new and unusual behavior. She argued that the prosecution continued to pursue the death penalty and that that was ego driven and polit- politically motivated. Oh
2: Lord.
1: After the first jury wasn't able to come to decision, you know, the second jury, both families, members of both families, asserted that they would prefer to see a life sentence with, with no possibility of parole and no possibility of appeal, including his family. No. His family was still trying to save her life.
2: I'm old school. They,
1: the mom, she thought, you don't fix anything by putting her to death. He's gone, the children are gone, give her life, no parole, no appeals. So was it?
2: Huh? No, yeah. I'm, they're right you know they're right but still like no
1: that woman has a heart because if it was me I'd be like kill her let me kill her
2: <laughs> yep yeah. eye I, for an eye
1: I could um, not sit there and say save her life after the way she took out my son and my grandchildren nah that woman she got a heart you got a heart
2: and I can't get mad at her I'm not saying she's wrong I'm just saying how I feel. Hey, you murdered someone like that, especially children. I'm sorry, but you don't deserve
1: it. Yeah, I agree. So the defense again appealed for life in prison over the death penalty, emphasizing Manling's lack of previous violence and her difficult upbringing again. However, the prosecution decided to retry the penalty phase, which resulted in still giving her the death penalty. The second penalty phase of the trial began on April 18, 2011. And the prosecutor attorney scoffed that the defense attempt to pin the murders on her childhood, stating, when did it become okay in our society to commit three heinous crimes? Mm-hmm. Kill your children and your husband and blame it on your mom. So she was like making fun of the defense. So she was sentenced to death on January 8, 2012. It took that long.
0: Mm. That's way too long. Way too long.
1: It is. This is what it's. It what was said. The jury's recommendation. It is the order of the court that you should suffer the penalty of death. The judge Robert Martinez told her. She was 32 years old at the time of her sentencing. Um. She stopped and shook when the the. The oh my god, the verdict was given. Mm-hmm. Hey gosh, you guys are no help. I'm trying to get the word. I, I don't <laughs> know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, detectives? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point, she was sobbing and shaking, which, in my opinion, you're making a freaking show. You want pity. Yeah, yeah. I honestly doubt that she actually felt any type of remorse.
2: Right for herself. Huh? Probably for herself. She didn't want to die.
1: Well, he was leaning on her defense attorney, and she actually cared about her on a personal level. She was very invested in her case. But Neil's mother, Jan Williams, expressed gratitude that the trial was finally over. She cited that it was terrible, the impact of all the events that it had on everybody. And she stated, this is their tragedy, too. I don't blame them for anything.
2: Hmm.
1: So in her, you know, the way she thought the parents had no responsibility for how difficult the daughter turned out to be. Hmm. But she did feel that it was entirely her responsibility for what happened.
0: Now she couldn't. No. No, go ahead. Uh she couldn't have avoided or or stopped any of that stuff. It was going to happen. Uh-oh. Yep. No,
2: I agree. I mean, you know I just I don't know man. I just feel bad about this story because, you know, I just can't think stop thinking about the the children, man. You know, like you said, Todd, when it comes to kids seeing them dead and stuff like that, like it's just heartbreaking. I've never seen a dead child like that. I've seen death obviously, but you know, the story you told me, I'm sure you're talking about the your friend. Um I can't imagine seeing that face, you know, of a child, knowing that he can't he's not breathing or she's not breathing. Mhm. Oh, so it's just yeah, it's tough on me. Yeah, well there was no knowing of
1: whether she was actually going to undergo execution because, as you guys know, California is oh, yeah. known for delaying executions. Is oh,
0: that right, Todd? So. Yeah, and they put a moratorium on it, so there there can't be one anyway.
1: At that point, um, there was like 700 people on death row, and only 13 had been put to death. Oh. So... Let me find out here because my information got stuck.
2: Give me only 13 people out of 700 in California have been put to death. And like Todd mentioned, there ain't going to be any anytime soon.
0: How many serial killers have died of old age? That's what's the problem.
2: Isn't the uh Golden State killer he's still alive, right?
0: Yeah, he's still alive. He's like, Hmm. I think he's like in his 80s now or.
1: Um, so far she had been you know sentenced but as far as the information goes I haven't found anything that says if she was already put to death or if she's still on death row
2: more likely like Todd said she's probably still alive
1: I mean I would think so because yeah like you guys said when The laws were changed. That was taken out, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I don't know if she's on death row. If anybody got information on that, let me know. A lot of the information I couldn't find, I actually ended up having to buy a book to get her story. But there was really not much information on whether she was... All that you find is that she was sentenced to death in 2012. I, I
0: doubt. I doubt she's been put to death because usually you you can, in California, you could delay up to about 15 to 20 years. Number one, and then number two, they put a moratorium on it with a new governor. So, and what's that governor' name? Newscom. Stop it.
2: <laughs> Newscom. Well, as far as we know, she's still alive, probably
0: chilling well the way it sounds it doesn't feel like she cares too much about losing her kids let alone Neil you know it was that's the thing that should haunt her every night but I doubt it does she's probably thinking about her her lover's wang more than she's that's thinking.
2: what I was thinking she's probably more sad that she's not with her lover yep
1: but you know I'm glad this guy actually testified on her case
2: As he should, man. Shoot. You know? What she did was horrible. I agree. So, that sucks, man. I feel bad for Neil, Ian, and Devin.
0: Yep. So.
2: Sad.
1: Yep. That's the story of Manling Williams.
2: Manling. Well, thank you, Gabby Gap, for breaking down that story for us today. Um, before we uh, um, get into the introduction as we're signing off I forgot to mention earlier in the show uh, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, uh, someone who left a Patreon account it was uh, Sol S-O-H-W-T-X I don't know how you pronounce that so I'm going to just say Soul what text? Okay thank you for your pledge on Podbean um, I wanted to give you a shout out so thank, thank you for your pledge Well, I mean yeah I'm sorry for your Patreon so thank you
1: Thank you Thank
2: you you now, with all that being said, we're about to get up out of here. So a little quickly, uh, before we do, let you guys know, once again, where you can find us, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in Grinding to Crimes. There you can follow us. Subscribe to our page. Comment. We'll get back to you within a day or two, a week, or a month. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but we will get back to you. <laughs> Listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And for those out of the U.S., continue to listen to us on Radio Public Breaker, Pocket Cast, and podcasts With all that being said, this is the Grindy 2 Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie
0: Mag, along with Todd Fox, hey.
1: Gabby Gab.
2: And we are signing
0: off. Two O's. Peace. Yeah, you all come back now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come back.